This week's episode of the B-Movie Breakdown is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash B-Movie. B-Movie. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, your Android phone, your Kindle. You got technology, they got audiobooks. Do you have an iPad? Do you have a computer? Do you, I mean, maybe it'll even work on a Zune. I mean, probably I mean, not. Probably, probably not. Probably I can't. Not. I don't know if they. We if can you still have that. a Zoom, I know so. I knew one person that had a Zoom. I did too, I believe. So one person, which is Zoom. That guy he still has that Zoom. Maybe he can listen to an audiobook with audio, Audible. But probably we not. know for sure everything else we mentioned. Else. You can definitely yes. listen to Audible and get great audio downloads by going to. AudibleTrial.com slash B-Movie. For you, the listeners of the B-Movie Breakdown Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can listen to the Game of Thrones. It's a big deal. If I mean, Game of Thrones is huge. It just had its season finale. I don't know what happened on it. Dragons or something? I don't watch it. Yeah, what's it. that? I mean, I guess dead I'm an people? asshole. Maybe, maybe I should get the audio, use my free trial yeah, maybe, to listen to the audio. Maybe I'll read the audiobooks and then I'll know... A few bit of tidbits more than the people that watch the HBO show, and then I'll be like, "Oh, you never read, you never listened to Game of Thrones on Audible." Yeah, you. That's how people act when I tell them I never watch Game of Thrones. I know they're so offended. It's like, come on, guys. It's like I have other shows I watch. I I act that way about that. You don't watch shows that I watch. Yeah, like why don't you watch The Tick on Amazon? Yeah, I I plan. I plan on watching The Tick. Amazon and Audible, they're like a. That's what I mean. Together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, you can also any. There's like. Any Stephen King book is on Audible. The Stand, Under the Dome. You know what I haven't done yet, but I want to do? I wouldn't mind um, jumping back into two of my favorite books of all time, Jurassic Park and The Lost World. I've been wanting to get those. I'm sure they have to be on Audible, right? I I would. Like, how how are books, like, any any Michael Crichton book is probably on Audible. Any any, any of your top favorite art? Authors, they should be there. Right. And even if you're into like stuff like science, you can uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. You can listen to yeah. that. Near, narrated by the man himself. A little more factual Michael Crichton, but that's fine. Well, obviously. I mean, well, right. Just a little bit. It's a I mean, when I read Congo, I thought it was uh, nonfiction. Well, State of Fear is a little questionable. Right. Climate change isn't real, but that's fine. I know, but like Congo, I thought was nonfiction. Oh, yeah. I yeah, understand. I it was real. Oh, well, I mean. Yes. Even the movie, I thought it was a documentary. Dang, dude, that's tough. All right, but Audible. I was deep in deep I, the Congo. You're, all right, I don't want to so anyways, Congo. You can download any of these things we talked about and any other audiobook for free by trying audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bmovie. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bmovie for your free audiobook today. In a world where we hate everything except for the things we love... There's the Low Blow Podcast. So join us every week as me, Adam Z. Me, Dave Rowan. And Chris and Naomi. She might be naked. I'm naked. Fill your ear holes with unbiased reviews of movies, TV shows, comic books, anything Florida does, and basically the rest of the internet. Right here in the FCF Network. So please check out all your favorite downloading podcasting apps for us, the Low Blow Podcast. Appropriately inappropriate. Ow! Welcome to B-Movie Breakdown, episode number 154. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of freaking episodes. It's a decent chunk. It's a decent chunk. Chunky monkey. 
I said Chunky it. Monkey. Deal with that. I said that out loud. With me, as always, is the Chunky Monkey himself, well, Nick. And I'm Corey. That's dumb. And this is the B-Movie Breakdown. That's dumb to say. Weekly podcast. This is stupid. We find the humor and enjoyment. Yeah, it was fucked awesome... me in the beginning after I spent two hours with you. <laughs> in awesomely bad fuck. films of the past and present. Home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck. Chunky Monkey. Each week's movie will be revealed on the prior episode so you two can join in on the madness. We, uh... We have some things going on with the podcast. Things are brewing. The witches are brewing. We've uh, they're stewing. By this point, we have joined a uh, a podcasting network. It's true. We've linked up the FCF network. If you go to fcfnetwork.com. you check out many other um, great podcasts that are a part of this network. Drunken lullabies being one of them. Yes, uh, very uh, much. This dude Dustin, who hosts Drunk and Lullabies, is the one who reached out to us. Which we Got appreciate. The connection. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. 350 Fest was something I went to, he went to. It was kind of a Instagram connection thing yeah. that led the paths together. So you can find us now on the FCF network. This episode's all about connections. It's all about full on connections. What's a full on connection? Do you want to explain, Corey? Elaborate what a full on connection is? Uh, I mean, full-on connection is like a connection we have with the FCF network. Okay. We'll and all the podcasts that. you can listen to on there, yeah. including our own now. And uh, I have another podcast I want to give a shout-out to. Oh, yeah? Uh, a f- old friend of mine, yeah, Andrew Wolf, yeah. has his own podcast. It's called Tandem Take. Interesting. Yeah, Tandem Take Podcast. You can f- just Google Tandem Take Podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, anywhere you get podcasts, just like ours. Nice. Speaking of where else you can find our podcasts, yeah. you can find it, like I said, iTunes, podcast app on your iPhone, podcast app on your Android phone, At this point, Stitcher. you know what's going on. On our website, bmepodcast.com. That's his website, uh, You true. can reach us on that website, on our email, bmepodcast at gmail.com. That Google hookup. That Google hookup for sure. You can uh, reach us on Twitter, at bmepodcast, um, at bmoviebreakdown on Instagram, or uh, Facebook, also search B Movie Breakdown or BNB Podcast on Facebook. You'll find us there. Gram Slam. I wanted to make sure I got that in before I glossed, glossed over it while giving other people some plugs. But do check out Tandem Take Podcast. Uh, they've done two episodes now. Yeah. And uh, I listened to both of them and I thoroughly enjoyed the good them. Time. It's like they just kind of discuss, you know, uh, pop culture. I didn't know he had this sports, going on. This is exciting. Uh, be, uh, beer. There's like beer talk lists. They do a list every show. Cool. And stuff like that. So I told him, uh, you know, I'd definitely give him a shout out because I enjoyed his, his uh, endeavor in getting into the podcasting world like ourselves. Yeah, we should. We can embrace him. So uh, there we go. Yeah. Tandem Take Podcast and check out the FCF Network. Nick, do you, do you have any... I do actually. I have many storylines on Scatterville.com, but what is important is there is one that is reaching its climax before I switch universes. Because if you've been following Scatterville, you know there's different universes where different stories occur. This this is true. I I shift all over the multiverse, the Scatterverse, if you will. The current one that involves um, Spectre trying to mufflock a superhero who tries his best, um, but maybe, um, maybe... through questionable methods, you know, maybe he's a good guy, but in doing good things, he just commits lots of murders. That's possible. That might be one way to look at what he does. Right. Or if you're from the other side of the spectrum, the Spectrotron spectrum, you might just think he's doing good deeds by knocking out bad guys. Gotcha. The other guy is Mufflock. He's a big deal. He's got a. He's a man with a muffler for a hand, who's in charge of this corporate enterprise, and he's currently feuding with a man named Montgomery Mogul, and they're feuding for power. 
Is that like inspired by Montgomery Burns? Um, well, he's a big guy, and I like the name Montgomery, and his name is Mr. Mogul because that's what he is. Yeah, but Montgomery Burns is rich, and this guy seems... Exactly. He's no, rich, I mean, so. right, I figured it's a rich-sounding name. Of right. course, he was on my mind, 100%. So they're reaching their final feud of who's going to take control over Equinox Corporations. That's coming to a wrap soon. So if you haven't checked out anything I've done, if you've heard me ramble for several podcasts, now is the time to jump on board because what's coming up next is a comic about dinosaurs... And humans, and humans enforcing laws regarding dinosaurs. I'm going to be putting up my Claw and Order issues, pages. That's coming up next once this finishes. So, Scatterville.com, me at Scatterville Stories, and uh, the Facebook, also at um, Scatterville Stories. Like my Facebook page. I got nine sweet likes. We're going strong. Be my tenth like. Dang. Like that page. See me. Just like we liked... Speaking of... This week's movie... Yes. I mentioned is, connections were important before. This is true. And uh, this week's movie is 30 years old now, this year. Wow, I'm kind of that age. And it is... Uh, it's a wild movie. It was... Uh, nobody had seen it really up until a few years ago when Alamo Drafthouse uh, dug it up from the ashes. An undiscovered gem. Undiscovered gem. And that movie is Miami Connection. You can find it on Blu-ray through the Alamo Drafthouse... Um, I'm not sure if it's on Amazon Prime or anything like that, but I'm sure you can find it for streaming somewhere. You can find everything streaming somewhere on some sort of Search site. Search it up. Look, uh, but, I mean, Amazon's probably got your back. Right, right, right. Or rent it if you have to. But it's Just email that Rainforest and be like, I want this movie. Right. It's it's Rainforest. Amazon Rainforest. Oh. Right. Yeah, you got to remember, Amazon is not just a website. It's based say, off of I know, Rainforest. but I was going to say Amazon, a Rainforest Cafe. I know. But, like, that's that's not the Amazon is, I know. I know. Okay. When these words are removed from their initial, you think of the website more than you the, think of the actual not, place. There was, you know there, that place where, like, plowing down all the trees and killing yes. all the animals to, like, yeah. live? Remember there was, like, the game Oregon Trail? Yeah. Well, then, I remember, because that, that had a major popularity, especially when we were growing up, it seemed to have, like, a bigger, like... It was awesome. It was, uh, but then they made Amazon Trail. Made you a pioneer, and then everyone, Amazon Trail, you always die. Yeah. How could you survive that? Yeah. You don't. I, I remember trying to go down the river. And don't get in the river? Like, that was way harder than Oregon Trail. I know, because it's a little more extreme. Yeah, a little more extreme. Just like this week's movie, yeah. Miami Connection... Quite extreme, quite awesome. Do you like ninjas? Check it out if you haven't seen it. If you like ninjas, if you like like uh, sweet ass bands, I guess like yeah. Dragon Sound. Dude, Dragon Sound is the fucking. Yeah, yeah I gotta get that T-shirt. Top notch shit for sure. Uh, but yeah, Miami Connection is this week's movie. You better like ninjas. If you don't, just stop listening. It's the best of the worst. Two things like to get this like kind of kick this off get the ball rolling one yeah i feel like this movie is what is proof that there is a god wow <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> good yep didn't you say this movie almost ruined this man's life <laughs> so maybe in a way it makes sense <laughs> that makes sense um while watching this movie we mentioned about god plays a long game we mentioned about why it was so like interesting how he was able to film on 
uh, University of Central Florida's campus. Yeah. Out in the streets, police were in the movie, like, yeah. whatever. So, apparently, Waikai Kim, he had a chain of Taekwondo studios in that area. Yes. And he was so popular in the Orlando area that the local government and law enforcement allowed him to film anywhere in the city without permits. That's amazing. <laughs> so just go wherever. You're good. Well, because he's a happy-go-lucky guy. Right. He just teaches Taekwondo to, you know. Right. Aspiring Taekwondo students. Right. He's a, he's a hit in Orlando. And, again, the movie takes place in Orlando. And I suppose it's not just called Miami, but it's a very loose connection to Miami. Yeah, the only connection is that in the very beginning there is a... They're Miami ninjas. But the ninjas aren't based out of Miami. Well, the guy said, watch out for like the Miami ninjas. The main guy said that at one point. Yeah, but like they're clearly based in Orlando. Well, I mean, they're in the... You're right. Anyways, continue. The beginning is what? Because we should start off... Well, it won't take long to go through, to discuss and go through a narrative. No, and because point out, it's like... The quick, narrative is very... Yeah, quick little things. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Um, this movie, it only opened in eight theaters in Orlando when it first came out. Yeah. Not a lot. Not all over the country. Limited area. Eight theaters in the Orlando area. And once it did that, it never saw the light of day again until the Alamo Draft House, like... Had it rise from the ashes. As a side tangent, it makes you wonder how many gems from 30 years ago just exist that no one knows about. L we watched one not long ago, Roar. Yeah, that's that was one, one. that Alamo Draft House pulled one. from the ashes. I feel like these companies, like, I mean, Alamo Draft House kind of finds these ones that are like these real, like, they're on a mission. Obscure, but you have companies like Scream Factory and Arrow Video and stuff like that that also put out these. These films that, I mean, have these followings and don't get enough credit. I think I think Alamo Drafthouse, they're trying, they try more to find movies that are nobody has seen or forgot about. Like, Roar might have been a movie that actually, like, people might have... Yeah, but who's... Nobody right. from that generation has thought about it ever. Exactly. Nobody exactly. our age or no one has thought about that movie at all. <laughs> right. Not once. Right. And... It opened in he's and he YK Kim who is the like writer producer director main badass and he's the main character ultimate dude he spent millions of his own money uh, producing promoting and putting out this film God his Taekwondo suit was pretty lucrative fuck yeah Jesus and he also claims that there was no injuries on the uh, set of this movie how do you how how much do you believe that not a lot. Well, I mean, we'll address plot points, but things happen, and, like, people fall, so you wonder, somebody might have got hurt. I mean, like, some of the hits, like, I mean, obviously, like, you can figure out how to, like, punch without actually hitting somebody, whatever. All right, it's easy. But a few times, it looked like people, got hit. Right. you know. Well, maybe they got hit, but they didn't get hurt. They're man enough to take the punch. Yeah. What, what's the beginning so, connection? Well, in the, well it's the I was going to mention begins. one more thing about, right, that's fine. about the millions of dollars spent on this. Sure. So you mentioned before that like it ruined this man's life. And, yes. Uh, I mean, if if anybody wants to see more, I'll put the link on the on the Facebook page and like the website and stuff. There's a Vice like documentary about this movie about when um, in like 2010 when Alamo Draft House kind of like got the ball rolling. Yeah. Trying to you know put this movie out again. Because somebody, like, who was involved with them um, found a 35mm print of this movie on eBay for sale. Oh, wow. That's how it was, that's how it was discovered. 
And and then this guy Zach Carlson was the guy who from the, he's one of the programmers at uh, Alamo Draft House. Yeah, just screened it one night. And he's like, oh shit. And it became like people that like came and saw it. Well, like, like, what is this? Yeah, and then it just became like, well, we got to do another screening. Like, people are like lining up for this. So it became on demand, right? And so when they went to go call YK Kim about putting this movie out on Blu-ray, he because the movie was such a disaster and it like basically ruined his life. He thought it was like a joke. I believe that. I mean, he spent so much time with this film, you know, just working on it. I'm right. sure, and then it just emotionally, financially draining him of his life force right and then he's built his life back up over 30 years why would you want to fucking think about that again yeah i get it i mean did he like hang up on him it's yeah like, like he legitimately like, like no. wouldn't take their phone calls and stuff like that it's like come on man listen but you know and then he went on to make like a, a career for himself as a, like a motivational speaker for th 39 years he's been a motivational speaker grandmaster yk kim He's like a Tony Robbins type, you know, for yeah. a motivational speaker. Writes books, has seminars. I mean, you can just imagine if he was able to use his charisma to sway the entire city of Orlando into thinking he's a badass dude, because he probably is a badass dude, that motivational speaking, would he'd just suck you into his web, get you pumped up, get you amped, feeling good. Yeah. Call your, then he calls himself a grandmaster, because <laughs> that's a little suspicious. When you see the Vice thing, you'll you'll see the parts of that it's aspect like, oh. of his life. It's like, oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like things with like, these metals and like... It's a little cringy. Yeah, it's it like, gets mm. a little like... Yeah. But I mean, I feel like it happens with a lot of motivational speaker people. Like, well, there's people pe that are like... Like Tony Robbins is like probably one of the most famous motivational speakers there is. It's like... Um, it is like cultish. There's a documentary about... They, 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 he, they put out about him. Well, because the whole point is they, they build you up and make you feel good. So why would you not want to be around this guy? Right. So, but, but you get people who, you know, they they need direction. Well, they go, they get the direction, they move on with their lives, and they're grateful for having gone to the, the yeah. seminar. And you know, maybe if they ever went again or a book signing, you know, they thank somebody like Tony Robbins or maybe always him. keep them in your heart. But right. Then... But then you get people who are obsessive. Yeah. Who that's the people that make it like a cult, even though it's not, you know what I mean? Like right. none of these people, tr I mean, I don't know about YK Kim, Tony Robbins. I haven't watched the documentary, but I'm pretty sure he seems like a guy who's not trying to make a cult. He's never been outed as like somebody who's like, Oh, look at this cult leader. But you get people who are like crazy obsessive and people and, obsess over lots of things. Right. And then you get, and then like you guys are all at the, the one meeting thing, the big, like, you know, yeah. even like a stadium type of thing or something. And then it's like, this group and then they're together and then you go to this and it keeps growing that little that little group just grows bigger and bigger of all the people who are just like obsessed with this thing and there's a lot of people on this planet and so those are the people that them. make it like cringy and cult-like yeah. so not uh, good but who knows but but you, as you were saying the connection yes the reason it's called miami connection is in the very beginning it takes place somewhere in miami literally says that at the bottom somewhere in miami you don't need to know you don't i mean it could have just said miami no, but right, somewhere. Like, Maybe Miami is a city, but it's not so big that you know what I mean. That we can't. If you're not going to specify location, why just why? Maybe like if it said like somewhere in Chicago, like why do you need to like Chicago's a, Maybe a big city, but we don't. The only way, the only reason I'll defend the somewhere part is because like oh, it's mysterious, like somewhere, but like yeah, you don't need that. 
maybe not a pier in Miami because I mean it was just like a pier dock maybe marina should, area. Maybe he could have saved a few extra dollars and not spent money on those letters somewhere. <laughs> just get them out. Whatever. Yeah. But anyways. But anyway, so there's there's a drug deal going down between some crooked. No, I mean just drug dealers. Just '80s dudes in blazers. They're just '80s drug dealers. They're dressed up. They look like they're from Miami, right? In the '80s, I aviators. Mean, think about it. Suits. Think about Miami Vice. Bad guys from Miami Vice. Mustaches, sideburns, mullets. Guy in a mullet in like a, you know, legitimate business suit. '80s bad guy. Yeah. Corporate. I mean, it just it's Uzis in their hands. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see ninjas. And it's funny because I remember the first time I saw this movie. It is a good way to start a movie. It is. Ninjas right away. A lot of bloody action. Like, it's like people's faces being sliced. Brutal. And and it's brutal. And I remember seeing in the beginning of the movie and thinking, never had seen it before at the time, and thinking, like, those were the good guys. Yeah, it took a second for me to make the adjustment. Like, oh, that's right. Those ninjas aren't playing in the band that I'm saying. That's a different group. I get it. Right, because it's It took like, a second. Because it's like, oh, they're killing drug dealers. Yeah, obviously they're good guys. And my, the only... And like, I, I didn't put two and two together until the end of that scene when they take the drugs. But even then, like, they could just be taking them thought, to take them. Yeah. So it's like, even at that point, I kind of had, like, an idea, like, oh, these aren't them. But, like, it, until they show the scene with the guys and they're talking about the money... Then it's like okay, well now I get that this is like yeah. Movie. Even even in that scene, I didn't assume they could have they, they could, were bad they guys. They could have still been good ninjas. They get the drugs, get the money, right? Because I mean, like a um like an antihero thing. They're getting the drugs, but like they fund their operation by taking drug dealers' monies. Right. So like that's how they pay for all their ninja their cool ninja ninja clothes and ninja dojo and ninja sword. Uh, they're not just a regular ninja clan. They're also a biker ninja clan. They drive a lot of bikes. Is ninja clan the right word? I don't know what the. Politically correct Ninja term. gang? I think, I feel Whoa, like, that sounds kind of racist to me. <laughs> I feel like ninja gang sounds... Gaggle? Gaggle of ninjas? <laughs> no. Herd? Get, ninja gang sounds like... It just ninja doesn't herd. sound right. Because it's not. Because it's gang. absurd. It's an absurd concept. But like ninja clan. I feel like clan is the right word. Flock of ninjas? No. Um, I don't... That doesn't sound tough. Clan sounds tough. I'm thinking of other things that could describe ninjas, but I can't think of any more groupings of animals. So when when you before the before you even see the scene about the money and everything, you see the ninjas riding around, or, or it's, it might be right after that. You see the ninjas driving around on bikes on their motorcycles, cutting to footage of this band having yeah. fun on stage. You're having lots, and of fun. there's literally a song playing that is describing the opening scene of the movie. Correct. Which was what was jarring at first because I don't think these guys were at that first battle, but they're singing exactly about that first battle. No, I don't think it's supposed to be them singing. I think it's just a song playing. Oh, it's that wasn't dragging. Right, because it's not like they're not really like they're on stage, but they're more just having fun and being silly and like whatever. All right. So I, I mean, it, you could be you could be right in your thinking. My thinking is that it's just a song playing, just like when the in the biker gang scene, yeah, it's like the tough guys song, right? So like, there's no that's well, not... even even during the tough guys song, I figured that was just a song by Dragon Sound playing over. That is... Right, and this and the although the other one could be very well, you know. But I assume that it wasn't supposed to be them playing. I feel like that was just supposed to be the opening. Because it shows scenes from later on in the opening. It's one of those weird 
intro scenes where music's playing and the credits are rolling right and it's showing you stuff from later on but you don't know it's what Which it's like, from it doesn't spoil anything no so maybe it's, it's maybe it's my brain getting older but there's a lot of input now i can usually keep track of things like an intelligent human being and i was like there's a lot going on here yeah I've got a lot to take in yeah second viewing would do me good yeah and uh i think one thing about this movie is uh since it wasn't finished in the right way and uh, you know they had some i'm sure multiple issues with audio and things like that you could yeah. tell a lot of re-recording in uh ADR yeah. and they did they, they loved to do the, the the scene where a and it only usually happened with Jeff a lot of times who, with Jeff uh, the character Jeff is the brother of this chick who is in the band so we'll get to that in a minute. Right. But All you need to know now the, is that well, the ninja gang the, so the was le- going into that place. Right. The leader of the gang. Yeah. Anytime the leader of the gang and Jeff are talking, anytime in the movie, it always leads to them going in somewhere and then the conversation continuing and it's clearly being like not being said at that time. Which in a way makes sense because they always had him and Jeff walking in these crowded places. So I'm, I'm sure the sound was horrible. Remember There's no way they could mic any of that. Remember shit. that scene where Jane and John are walking, and all you 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 can you can almost not even hear what they're saying. That was hard. It's like uh, yeah. you can hear footsteps. Yeah, it's people walking, walking like background noise, the wind blowing. Yeah, it's rough. It's eighteen a, people walking it's on a sidewalk. Somebody who was not didn't know a lot about filmmaking. You know how like when you when you hear something but you can't hear it real good. You kind of squint because you think you'll hear it better, but like that's not how hearing works. Right. That's what I was doing. Like leaning forward, <laughs> squinting at the screen, trying to make out what she was saying, because Jane had a huge info dump, um, about about her history with her brother Jeff, and how she doesn't like him very much, mm-hmm. and how basically you find out he their parents. It's a mess. Yeah, her parents split up, and her father left for, for a younger, younger, which is yeah, younger right, woman, and um, her mom ended up passing away, and her dad passed away not long after that he left them. Yeah, he so it was basically up to her brother Jeff to raise them, but apparently he did it like a shit job, and he's a shitty guy. And he he's, be- de- he's definitely a shitty guy, and he became a drug dealer. Yeah, he sells cocaine at the club where they went to in the beginning. And that's when he sees his sister on stage with her heroes, Dragon Sound. Yeah. And Jeff just doesn't like his sister talking to anyone at all. Yeah. She might have a boyfriend. And, oh, that's, and that's, she does. And it's very important to the entire movie. Yeah, because... It's very pivotal. And that's like the first time... There's two Dragon Sound performances in this movie. There are, and they're very long. They're long, but they're fantastic. They are a thing. <laughs> they are. To me, they are fantastic. Because the first song you get to hear, Friends... I should, like, put in a like, clip of, of the song. You should put in a clip of the song. Are you going to do that? Yeah. Or are we just going to talk about it? It's not going to happen. No, I'll put it in, funny. like... That'd be funny, too. I'll put it in, like, right now. Friends through eternity, loyalty, honesty, will stay together through thick or thin. Friends forever will be together. We're up top because we play to win. And then everybody would have heard... Wow, that was great. Friends, yeah, friends by Dragon Sound because it, it, it's such an it's such a silly song because you got these guys on stage in karate geese or j- just even just the pants with the belt and yeah. they're just a group of guys singing about being friends. 
And a girl that's dancing around because she doesn't even sing during Not that song. part, which is almost more confusing because why would... The whole point Jeff is upset is because she's with these guys, with this dude in this band, which you find out later, eventually she does sing a song. Yeah. But, like, she's just dancing. So it's like, is she with the band? What's going on here? Jeff's pissed talking to main head ninja guy and he, who looks sweet as fuck with his leather jacket and his little yeah. bandana and his aviators and doors. Yeah, the main bad guy looked... I wish he had more to do. He was real cool. <laughs> He was really cool looking. He just didn't have a lot to going on. No. And anytime he was around, like he would like give like a small little speech here and there, and then he's like partying at the biker gang thing. The connection is and so then at absurd. The end, he fights really quickly. It's just like the this the connection to get the ninjas in it because he's friends with Jeff, who has a problem with the person his sister's dating, and his sister is dating a man in a band who. Every member of this band is a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> and they're the... all orphans. And they're all orphans, which we find out, and we can, I don't know what's a good point to address this. We made the connection after the fact that, you know, she's also an orphan. Her and Jeff yeah. are orphans because both their parents are dead. But So, like, she, like, is a, she's is that how John, is... who's also an Does orphan. Does John only date orphans? I think some of them seem to know their parents quite quite well. You don't know anything about their parents. So their parents die at that age, and now they're like, we're orphans. Well, it still counts, unfortunately. It's sad. I'm an orphan now. It's sad. Being an orphan is sad. I mean, but like, I feel like you're only an orphan up until like the age of like no, 18. No, that's, I don't know. You can Wikipedia the qualifications for orphan, because we're very particular. This is a very crucial semantic. I feel like when you're like 35 semantic. years old, you shouldn't be like, I'm an orphan well, they were, now. They weren't crying about it. And she wasn't crying about it, but like she just fits the qualification of no, now she she's started an crying. Well, did she when though? she's talking about her parents? She did like started getting like kind of upset when she's talking to John. Was she about her like family situation? I just figured she was upset because she's trying to talk to a man who's eight feet tall and she can barely look at him. <laughs> the, uh, he was putting his arm around her, which is fine. Height differences don't matter, but it. But, it's but there's a lot of. Awkward things that happen. And happened. I don't know how long they've been dating. It seemed like a while. It seemed like a decent so amount of time. So maybe this is information they probably should have talked about already. Maybe it only came up because they got this job at this club and it didn't matter until this point. Like she never, maybe they shouldn't have a reason to talk about her brother really. Yeah. Maybe that didn't matter. It's like, well, then that makes me question like one, where was Dragon Sound playing before they got this gig? I don't know because they only play this one place now. <laughs> Literally. They're the house band. Everybody loves them. Yeah, I don't know where to continue the narrative, but we can talk about how they usurped a band that used to play at this club, yeah. and that was a big deal. Yeah. Because that band goes to the place, like, after hours, and is like, hey, that so that this, leader is a so maniac. Here's another connection between things. This movie's full of a lot of different connections. So yeah, that's the reason for the name, too. It should be so, called Florida Connection. Because you have this guy who was the former band person, or maybe DJ or promoter, or something like that, and he is upset. I so, really want you to keep talking. I just want to point out real quick that when we explain these things, the movie sounds more complicated than it is. But <laughs> well, please. Because you got this go, guy. Yeah, go ahead. And yeah. he's also pissed at Dragon Sound. Yeah. So he teams up with Jeff. And Jeff has already teamed up with the ga with the Ninja, Ninja gang. gang. Right. So it's like, so there's like three different gangs there here. There is. It's there's, true. There's the pro ex-promoter, ex-band guy gang. Yeah. Jeff's gang. Yeah. And then the Ninja gang. Right. This is like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda is. And they're in a band, too? They play music? <laughs> wow, I just realized that. They just ripped off Blues Brothers. They did. But instead, they're, all, they're all orphans. Why can't Kim want to... The Blues Brothers were orphans. 
Fuck. Are I you, don't know about the rest of the band, but are, the Blues they, they were, were they, orphans. This is the Blues Brothers. Set in Florida. It's a, it's a Taekwondo version of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Except for the band doesn't travel. They just play one place. They just play one place. That's in Orlando. The, and the band's already together. They don't have to put anything back together. Right. But I mean, they, I mean they're together always. They right. live together. They live together. They feed each other. They check the mail together. They check the mail that's, together. We'll talk about that later. I mean, that's, we'll get to that later. Well, yeah, because that's that's too much. I can't. Right. I, can't if we, right I feel right if now. we skip around in this one, it's going to be too much to handle. Right, because it is. And and the band the band is very unique already because YK Kim, who is uh, plays Mark, the leader of the band and the, the group, he. I feel like. Though, like, as much as he is, like, the leader, like, almost John is, like, the more main character. John and Jim. They're almost, like, the more main character. Well, they're, it's almost... Probably because they could speak English and... Right, but I Mark, mean... Mark, YK, YK Kim, has, he, his English was rough. No, I mean, he did his job. Right. But, like, he's, like, he brought them together. If there was only, like, you know, issue zero of how they formed... He formed <laughs> this orphan band. And, and they, yeah, they all have their very unique looks. Especially the the singer of the band, Tom... He is, I mean, eighties. He's like your pure eighties. He, he looks like he could have been a replacement for John Oates. Pure eighties, like just yeah. hollow Oates all the way. Mustache. Yeah, it's mega tone, and the, it's funny because when Jeff first sees the band, one, I guess if that's their first night playing there, whatever. For by the way, if their first, if that's their first night playing there, they got over huge. People were jacked. People were jacked. Yeah. So he sees them. He's upset that they're there. And then he's acting like, oh, I'm this tough guy. You know, I'm the fucking big brother. I don't want her dating that guy. Basically, he just wanted her to go to school, get her degree, and, like, never be with anybody. She did mention... He no would, one would, be, would ever be good enough for Jeff. No. And she did mention how he was the reason why she was able to go to school there. So, in a way, if you kind of just look at it from Jeff's point of view, which I don't want to be in his shoes ever... <laughs> But, like, if he's paying for her school and then, like, she's out late at night playing with his band, he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, but, but he, I mean, it's he, drug you know, he's money, just, He's so. just a needy, right. He's just a needy piece of shit. Well, he's he's doing it for his family because they're orphans and he cares about his baby sister. And well, he should, maybe she get a more respectable job than he's a drug make, dealer. Well, he's making money with his ninja clan. Drug dealer slash gang leader. Because, like, can you imagine being in a gang and that's the guy who's leading the gang? And just Jeff. Pretty, he's pretty intimidating. <laughs> Sometimes. When he shows up at the biker gang thing, he's not intimidating at all. Yeah, and I don't know why it's funny that they all have normal names. Jack. Because like, I don't. I, Jack. Because I'd make fun of it if they had like absurd names. The main bad guy's name was Yoshido. Well, that's fine. He's. And the guy who worked at the restaurant was Uncle Song. That guy ruled. I mean, this is one of those movies where you know anyone from Asia knows martial arts real right. well. I mean, there's, and there's not really a lot of characters in this movie. No. A lot of side characters, a lot of interesting people you see in the background or fighters and gangs Any... and stuff like that. But but one thing I was going to get at, though, yeah. is uh, you're talking about Jeff looking so badass and even Yoshido, he looks badass. Yeah. But when they're at the club that first time, like they couldn't be drinking the least manly drinks. Like, yeah, it was ever. real. It was like these, like, sophist- these little apple teenies or it something. <laughs> it could have just been like a glass... With like ice in it and like a brown liquid that could have been like a whiskey or anything. Ah, uh, yeah. Or even that because they're at a club, so it could have been like a mixed drink. It didn't have to be a beer or something like that. I don't feel like Yoshida drinks mixed drinks. I think he'd get whiskey on the rocks or something. Right. Because he's a tough guy. But he was but drinking like a girl. Like wasn't he? I shouldn't say girly, but like it was. No, it was like just, a girly mixed drink. It was like I, he was the one with the with the goofy glass. They like, both had goofy glasses. Oh, I thought okay, right. When you said never mind, I understand. 
Because that's what I remembered. But then when you said you thought they would have, because I understand. Yeah, they both have like they should have had something brown, swirly, something brown silly glasses. Right. It was like no, they were living up the Miami life. But they're Orlando. in Orlando. <laughs> they're Orlando, in Orlando. Orlando life. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's And, the, and the, that scene is literally only exists for you to see that the that Dragon Sound is a band. That scene does a lot. You get you hear a song by them, the entire song of yeah. Friends, and then it sets up... Basically, it sets up that Jeff is angry and that he knows the gang, the Ninja Clan. Yeah, that... But it doesn't. But nothing is. Mu- There's not a lot said other than the song being played. No, it's a it's a very important scene because it links everything together. But it lasts for seven minutes and almost nothing happens <laughs> except this music video, with limited cuts. Right. So I mean. And and then when she after she's explaining her family history because this is when you find out they all go yeah. to uh, University of Central Florida. The day after the show is like when everybody talk, in the band and yeah. her they all go to. University of Central Florida. They all look like college students. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Not especially not YK Kim. He, he definitely does not. And so the that's when John has his first like run in with Jeff. Yeah, he does. He c- comes in, and he comes up to them, pulls in into the into the college campus with his entire gang, just riding in. Yeah, their cars come in, scary. And uh, he pulls. Parks across like two handicapped spots. Yeah, he's a super badass. That's what you do. And he gets out of his car and he goes, "Where did you find this son of a bitch?" <laughs> and then he proceeds to punch John in the face. Yep. Hello. <laughs> Assault. That's a crime. <laughs> That's illegal. I mean, a lot of things happen in this movie that are illegal, and you would go to jail for for a long time. Yeah. Not even just the drug dealers. No, no, it's no, like the no. Murders. There's many and the murders. Countless, countless amount of assault that happens in this movie. Yeah. Or even sexual harassment and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when they're at the beach, like that alone is just like absurd. Man. But after the scene with John, uh, yes, when Jeff and John have their like like interaction, a lot, and it's like a lot of these scenes that might seem like they might be long. There, a lot of them are they're short. It's like Jeff and John, they have their words, punch. Oh, I'm pissed, and then cut, yeah, done. Next thing, right? And the next thing after that is when that former band guy, yeah, comes that's into when the that... club owner, and there's it's literally an improvised fight. It's hilarious. It's a verbal the, the, fight. The, the and dialogue a fight. is just a spew of words. We can do. I'm gonna get you. Don't you talk this way to me? I'm gonna kick your ass. No, I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna. What are you talking mad at me? You better give me my yeah, job. Tell me. You never even had a job. I had a job before that band. They play for kids. What do you mean that band? They're, they're yeah, really listening to them. Hey man, they're coming here. I want to book them. What do you? It's just like this is this word soup. They play songs for kids. <laughs> Stupid. I'm glad you remembered exact parts. They, yeah, it was just yeah. it was just so. And then they fight. Yeah, and then there's like a legitimate the ninja kid. fight. <laughs> yeah, and the the club owner knew some form of martial arts. He whipped their ass. <laughs> he did. He kicked all their ass. He sent them packing. Which is funny because later on, when the cult, when that former promoter band guy confronts Dragon Sound, he tells them. You know, I got my ass kicked. I got lost my job. Remember? They like, don't remember. No, they, they weren't were, there. They didn't know that happened at all, and no one's going to tell them that. Why would anybody tell them that? Why would the owner of the club be like to his new house band? You know, that past band I had came back and I beat their ass. Why did they ever get talked about? <laughs> and then John goes, he goes, hey, man, we just got a job. We're just doing our It's not our fault. We're just doing our job. He's totally right. He's totally in the right. Hey man, we didn't know what happened there. They just hired us to play. We were just playing. He, there were like five cars 
full of people that came to attack them. God, so and they're like many. overflowing with people. They, I know. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're playing with your little toys, like GI Joes, and they have pegs on the side of the vehicles. You just load them up with guys. They shouldn't be standing there. They shouldn't be sitting there. It's overloaded. But here they are in the middle of a street, in front of a white Cadillac or Chevy. It was a Chevy. And before and before that, you remember how there was that one scene where it just showed like a marina. And there was a phone conversation going on. Who's having that conversation? <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Jeff and Yoshido. Yeah, because the next scene is them together. Remember, he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, how's your sister doing? I know you don't want her dating that guy. It was like, why are you I so wanna, concerned about I, Jeff's because, sister? Because what's important to this connection is Yoshido is literally, like, the fact that he has a ninja clan is almost just an added part of him and Jeff's friendship and, like, the drug deals. Like, Yoshido, like, actually respects Jeff and is his friend. So he asks him about his family. He knows what bothers him. The thing is, when you really think about it, like, Yoshido, anybody, any member of Yoshido's ninja clan that dies in this movie is all Jeff's fault. 100%. They're only they're only in this because of right. Jeff's gang right. and Jeff's problems with his sister dating a person. Yep. <laughs> it all goes back to Jeff being just like an unreasonable human being. Come on, man. This movie could be called Jeff's Mind Games. Oh my god. This <laughs> Jeff's Mind Games. Jeff's insecurities. <laughs> What's the deal with Jeff? Jeff's sister's insecurities. What's the deal with Jeff? <laughs> What's the deal with I Jeff? do want a movie called What's the Deal with Jeff that starts off with a drug deal ninja battle. What's, What's the deal with Jeff? What's up with Jeff? Yeah. Oh. He's paranoid about his sister dating this guy, so he's going to voice all his complaints to his friend who's head of a ninja clan. <laughs> Best friend. <laughs> like, Yoshida was like... <laughs> they have a flashback scene of their memories. Yeah, because they're friends. Their relationship matters. It does, and that's why he lend his ninjas out to go kick their asses. Well, yeah, we got we got to get to why. The thing is, you would think you would think that with that drug deal in the beginning, that that would matter. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's just a cool. You scene. would think that, like the my who, thinking. Who do they steal the drugs from? <laughs> Those guys don't do anything. You could have had four gangs in this. It doesn't matter because it, it, you, you would think that the band, at one point, my thinking first time seeing this movie, was that the band at one point is going to, like, they are this, like, Taekwondo group. And they're, like, they're not happy about this new drug deal, like, this new drug ring going on. So they're going to stop that drug ring. That would make a degree of sense. <laughs> But that's not what happens. No. But they ca get caught up in the crossfire and they get roped into this struggle between these gangs. No. It's about a guy who's just overprotective of his sister. And uh, even after even after that weird phone scene, there's the scene of them eating at that restaurant. They're literally there for a minute. That's why we meet Mr. Song. Yeah. He's a good guy. They're there for a minute. It's not long. And they have like a weird, like, oh, pass me the thing. Oh, is that food good? Again. Oh, I make good food. Yeah, I make good food. Oh, yeah. And it's like. And then Mr. Song just like stares at them awkwardly as they eat. <laughs> and then it cuts to them playing their next song, Against yep. the Ninja. And they have a song called Against the Ninja. Right. They haven't fought any ninjas They're going to stop the senseless violence. What? Vi they don't know. How would they know about any senseless violence? There's gangs. You hear the police talking about <laughs> yes. gangs later on. Yes. But like. They're just college students. 
Yeah, they're just saying about in a cool, band. They're just saying about cool ninja stuff. They're gonna stop this war. They don't know. Stop what, the senseless maybe, killing. These maybe, are lyrics in the song. Maybe the real secret to this film is that whatever they sing about comes true, and they shouldn't make any more fucking songs. Is is like Taekwondo really like a thing against ninjas? Well, like if you look into Taekwondo like lore, it's like a whole thing about how like anybody ninjas. Ninjas Anybody are, who studies Taekwondo really hates ninjas. Well, ninjas ninjas are usually Japanese. Taekwondo is a Korean thing. Right. So like, uh-oh. <laughs> I guess. Because it was like, because even in the song, because it's like, against the ninja. And then it's like, Taekwondo, Taekwondo. Yeah. Taekwondo. And it's like, man. And people are chanting this at a nightclub. <laughs> because... Because it's the 80s, and they're all coked up. Every, yeah, well, they, there's coke being sold there by Jeff, so everybody's fucking high as fuck. You even saw like, a, a guy who looked like he got, worked at like a factory, not even a factory, like a mechanic or something with his little pat, like work shirt yeah. patch. He's front row jamming to right. fucking Dragon Sound. My family can wait. I have to see Dragon Sound. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I need to see the play. I, I dropped my family off at Disney World. No, they, they're at home waiting for Daddy to come home, and he's at the club watching Dragon Sound. Or he's just this guy who's just sick of his life. It's just kind of down in the dumps. And like his only release is going to see Dragon Sound every Thursday night. And it's funny because when they see, when they run into that gang on the street with all those cars, before we before you realize it's the promoter, and I kind of thought it was when the first car's following them. Yeah. But you kind of don't get a good look at the guy in the car. The problem is in the beginning, the promoter guy, the band dude, also has a beard. And so does Jeff. So when they right. wear sunglasses behind a car and you're not familiar with the characters yet. Right. Like, and like... Every other, every third guy's in camouflage. Like, who is this? I don't understand which <laughs> character this is yet. And it's like it's like we we're talking about how in Roadhouse, the main uh, bad guy, his group of goons are just like tough guys, but they're not like they're not they they, they just look like guys. They and do. It's almost majority of everybody in this movie, even the Taekwondo like dragon. So sound, many just dudes. They just look like guys. Just normal human beings. Like, man of the 80s. John ended up being like a ripped dude, but like he was. for the most part, he just looked like a guy. Right. Well, yeah, Nothing special, just a guy. Just a guy. So at that point, I thought that was Jeff's gang. And then you find out that, it, no, this promoter band guy, He's he got his... has his own gang of tons of people. And they have this giant street fight. Did did the guy who owns the club think about this guy's... Maybe that's why he kicked him out, because he's attached to this giant criminal organization. They're, like, flooding the club, and, yeah, and he's like, like, he's like I gotta get people you, in. Right, I gotta get you guys out of here. You guys gotta leave. Yeah. So I'm gonna book this Taekwondo band, and you can just go get fucked. And then they're pissed about it. Right, and, uh... Because, yeah, there's, like, this giant fight in the middle of the streets, and... Dragon Sound essentially wins. They kick their ass. They kick all their asses. Dragon Sound is so tough. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're so good. Yeah, it's funny though because Jane wasn't with them when they left. Jane's not with them a lot. She's probably weird. the one loading up all the equipment. Yeah, I pointed that out. I thought about that. They just kept, they literally walk out of the club, hop in their car, and drive away. What band has ever done that while playing a show? Right. I mean, because it's the house band. They just use the house stuff, maybe. Like it's just there. Right. They don't have their own guitars or drums or nope they just hop in their convertible and leave well i mean their house isn't the biggest house so i don't know where they would but, fit everything well they had there. equipment in the house at least you saw it like hanging yeah. around like the living room and stuff so like it's just sitting amongst the house and, and they all live together they all live together they do everything in, in the together same house and when they're in their house for the first time and you find out there's like oh um john's like oh hey jim you got a letter from washington dc yeah and it's like well this is a weird scene thing to bring up and then like he's teasing him with the letter like not yeah it's it like to him. and then like and then there's like a whole thing of the whole everybody wait, runs in the room they wait, and they're like are you guys fighting 
We don't fight. Are you fighting? Are you okay? Somebody does say that. Are you guys fighting? <laughs> are you alright? Like, like, I guess between them, I was like, what? What's what? going on? Well, what's going on? You have a letter? What's a letter? <laughs> yeah, like, what? It's like, you have a letter? What letter? Who's the letter? And it's like, it's, it's like, like, are you involved in everyone's fucking business? And then he's so nosy. And then Jim's like, starts getting real emotional and talking about how, you know, the reason, the reason he has a letter from Washington, D.C. is because he's been reaching out to the Department of Defense to try to figure out who his dad is because his dad was in the military. Yeah. And, yeah. you know... Uh, so apparently Jim is half black, half Korean. He said his, his mother was Korean. Right. We're, so there's, we're like, this is a new this development was, of Jim. And it's like like an injection of all of a sudden this character backstory. It comes at you out of nowhere. Yeah, and he's like crying. It's this real emotional speech. And that's when we learn that they're all orphans. Because when he's saying all this, YK Kim's character, Mark, he goes, I didn't know you had a father. <laughs> I was like... How do you think he got here? <laughs> well, I mean, even though we're all orphans, we, you know, we still have fathers at yeah, some point in our but then, lives. But then you find out being an orphan is this big deal, and they're all orphans. Yeah, and then he, you know, he starts crying, and he gives this whole speech. I mean, if anybody, it's sad because that guy who played Jim never acted again. Yeah. Most of the people in this movie never acted again, no. ever. But And, like, that guy who played Jim... Jim owned a scene. He... he He's not the best actor in the world, but he gives it his all. No, Jim could have been something. Maurice, I forget his last name. Maurice Smith. Yeah, he could have been like, he could have been like a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he could have been a character actor. He right. could have been in at least a handful of movies. Right. Because when he's given that crying speech there about the letter stuff and about how like you know he's never heard anything good back from the Department of Defense. They they always send letters back of just like. Just basically like, oh, we couldn't find anything, whatever. So it's just like, okay, that was a weird scene. Because like most scenes in this movie, it, it happens, it's short, it's quick, and it cuts to Done. the next thing. over, move on. Yeah. Because then the next scene is literally cuts to them on the beach. Yeah, it gets real rapey. And it, but like the the scene before that was like this man crying about his father that he never knew. Right, which is like, damn, dude. And then it's like cut, beach time. They're playing friends again. Yeah, they the are The song's playing... Friends. And then they're on the beach, and they're all, like, riding in the car, and they're like, ooh, hey, baby. Oh, yeah, give me some kisses. Ooh, yeah, baby. And they're yeah, driving down the beach. And this cat calling. As, as um, I guess her name was Jane. Yeah, she's in the car. And she's making out with, with John. Making out with John. As all the guys around the making out couple are just cat calling every woman they walk by, and the camera is just showing asses and boobs. The one guy says, uh, well, I don't know who, because they don't show his face when he says it, but they show a girl's ass, and he goes... They don't make buns like those down in the bakery. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Go home. And then, Go after home. all their cat calling and like, oh, give me some of that. Oh, yeah. And like, all, and then whatever. And then like, just scenes of the beach. Um, it cuts to Tom running up to some girl on the beach. Tom and Jack are hanging out. And it, he yeah, we haven't to, talked much about them because they haven't done much really. Right. Tom's the drummer and Jack is Tom what? is the singer. Jack oh, is Tom the is the singer. All right, and Jack, Jack is the drummer. Got it, got it, thank and you. And then Tom runs up. He's the one that, like, the um, John Oates-looking guy. Yeah. And he runs up to this woman on the beach just randomly and st sticks his face inches in front of hers and says, like, give me some kisses. Give me a kiss. Like, what? And then she's like, no, ew, get out of here. Yeah. Pushes him down into a... 
It's like five women. Five women. They're all just touching him. He's just laying there rolling around in five women. But they're, women. Like, they're like hitting him, but like slap hitting him because they can't hit him because they're women. They can't hit hard, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want him there. It's not super but playful. It, I know, but... I thought it was kind of playful at first. It's, sometimes it's not playful, and other times it's very playful. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. It's oh, like, ew. get out of here, ew. And then they're like rubbing him, and, like, and then they're like, ew, no. And then yeah, he, yeah. Ew, no. And then when he rolls away, they start throwing shoes at his head. He's just being... Knocked in the head with these 80s sneakers. And then, like, Jack is, like, pulling him really aggressively. Yeah, like, get out of here, man. And But, like, why was why didn't Jack just stop it from the get-go if he was so upset about it? Because Jack, he was curious. He's like, he, what's going to happen here? Honestly, if anybody in this movie has any sort of logic or, like, level-headed, like, anything, it's Jack. He's pretty reasonable. He's a he makes a lot of decent points. He does. He doesn't have a lot to say, but when he does say something, it's pretty, like, He's almost like, legit. he's like, all right, what? Like, what? I, I thought me? we were just going to play music and do Taekwondo. Like, Yeah, we're going to be dealing with all these gangs, guys. Yeah, wasn't... Is Jack the one that kind of wants to leave the club? Was it him or was it John? No, it's Jack because he's like, you know, they don't want us there. Like, this other band. And like, it makes so much sense. Just leave. Yeah. Go away. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't even... And then the promoter yeah. guy with his gang, he goes and talks with Jeff eventually. Yeah, he, he not long after that. Also worth mentioning is that a bunch of that guy's, the promoter band dude's gang, they have like gauze wrapped around their head from when they got beat for up days. for the first time. And it's still bloody as hell. Like, guys, maybe need stitches or something. And there's like there's like three main guys of Jeff's gang. They're all beat up. No, like they're like oh the, Jeff's gang, not the right other Jeff's yeah, gang. Yeah. There's like three main guys. There is like nobody other nobody else's other group has like main people, but. Remember, it's like that big guy, the two skinny guys. The one guy has the half shirt, and the other guy has like the sh like the creepy mustache. Yeah, scumbags. Yeah, the, like your Florida white trash guys. <laughs> That's what they are. They came out of the swamps to join Jeff's gang. Because your typical like they could be in like the Foot Clan. Hundred percent. Then maybe not the fat guy, but why not? No offense to him, but like Foot's Foot Clan, they leaner. weren't. Yeah, they weren't like uh, big fat guys. They usually were a little bit leaner, too. They usually went for kids. And not. that guy had some good lines. One, at one point, somebody asks, uh, Jane asks where uh, where Tom is. Yeah, we have to address that, because that's important. And, uh, well, we'll say why we, in a minute. But then he goes, oh, I haven't seen anybody since 1962. And then, like, his other friends <laughs> just, like, joking around. But, like, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> but the we, we did gloss over. Well, um, we're getting to After the beach setup. scene in the... Uh, so the gangs unite, well, two of the gangs, Jeff's and the ex-promoter, ex-band guy. More connections. So they unite, but after that, there's a training scene on the campus. Oh, my God. Of, of like, it's like, it's just, so many things he, happen. Just, he just wanted to do a demonstration. Right. It's literally a Taekwondo demonstration. 100%. And but then he's like kicking his friend in the head. And he punches him in the nose. And and yeah, he kicks him in the head, punches him in the mouth, you know. And then remember he paused like in his mouth, inside of his mouth. It was a punch. Jack. Yeah, it was Jack. Yeah, he's just like sucking on his fist. It's so weird. Why are you doing that? And then there's like a knife training thing, which like there's like it's like it, foreshadowing. It's good. It's there's a movement that's used that might be used later on, but. He hits John pretty hard too, and John. It's so funny because when later on when the, he needs to use the knife training thing, it's so fucking odd. It's yeah, like it's they like couldn't time. have made it. But more that's almost cool. Obvious. That's almost cool because at least the movie pays attention to what it did before. Right. There's a lot of times where it surprised me that it paid attention to things that right. I figured it would just throw things at me. Well, even then, because like they're breaking boards and bricks. Yeah. 
uh, for very, very, and all this is very quick. Though the demonstration is long, but the board breaking and brick yeah. breaking is quick. But then they're talking about sitting there talking about John's like, yeah, I think we should make a song where in the middle of the song we just start breaking boards on stage. Yeah, and like Jack didn't want to do any of that, did he? Well, he's like, maybe we, he's like, I don't know about that. He's like, I'm all for breaking boards, but I don't know about going back to that club. Oh, that's right. That's when he's been real, real yeah, reasonable. Yeah, because yeah. he's, and then they get sidetracked. What a weird ta- tangent. But then they get sidetracked from that. Yeah. Going like, we should go on like a world tour because like all of our family's histories are from different places. You know, and it's funny because Jack makes a real big generalization that all of their parents were from different countries. Like, right. no, I guess we're all from other places somewhere down the line, but that doesn't mean necessarily like our, our direct parent. Right. Is that Which, he's like, he's like Tom's family. So he's like, cause John's like, you mean we could do a concert in Ireland? And like, Jack's yeah. like, yeah. And then we can hop over to Italy. Tom's family's from Italy. And then we can go to Israel. Cause I, my mom and dad are from Israel. And then Mark <laughs> is like, I didn't know your parents are from Israel. And I didn't know where that was going. It just stops there. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's going to kick him out of the band now because he's from Israel? You can't have can't have a Jewish drummer in your band? Wow. Yeah, it was just wow. like... Where was, where was, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, we but it was we real awful. We didn't learn anything about um, Jim's heritage. I mean, we know that his mom is Korean. Yeah. But then so is YK Kim's Mark. He's Korean, so that covers that base. Right, because he's a direct immigrant. I mean, they even it's clearly and his dad's. Well, he mentions his dad is well. He quote black American. Yeah, he says that in the movie. Anyways, but yeah, they're talking about this whole world tour and these like dreams and aspirations for the band, which is pretty cool. And but that tangent comes out of like Jack being like, maybe we shouldn't play at this place anymore. Right, because it's probably a bad idea. And they never go back. No, I've never seen of them back there. Oh, uh, you know what there was because there's the one time where like. Mark is doing like Taekwondo on stage. Yeah, because they, they kind of Jim by the nose with that's his foot. Im- that's important. And it's like a callback to when he did it like the other time with the nose and the foot thing. Yeah. So they do go back there and play. Because when they were fighting one of the other gangs previously up to this point, there was like toad things and they're doing a we these weird it's it's not easy to describe choreograph fights or right. choreograph fights or just guys running into each other, spin kicks. And, and then there was that scene too at the at the restaurant where those guys did dine and dash. Yeah, and those they beat up the cook. Who were those guys? That's another gang. I figured they were part of Jeff's gang. They never the Dragon Jeff's Sun gang, guys did Jeff's... not attack them. They did not attack the Dragon Sun guys when they came up. I I, I feel like if it was part of Jeff's gang, they, they, there would have been some altercation between them. Well, there was already taken care of by Mister Song. He whipped their ass. I figured. I swear, I saw some of those guys with one of the gangs we saw before. There's a bunch of guys. Maybe. I swear, some of the guys were part of that. Because like not long right after that is when um, Jane goes and visits Jeff. Right. And she sets up like a meeting to have between Jeff and John and Mark yeah, and that. so they can work shit out. Right. Which but obviously goes sour work, doesn't very work quickly. Out. It does not work out. It, it, Nothing's gonna work out yeah. in this situation. And and Jeff's guys always have like blunt or sharp objects. Whatever was laying around. Right. There's a, it's like it's a lot of blunt objects, but every now and then it's like some jagged like pieces of like who knows what. Right. Yeah. Rebar from like the fucking uh huh. Whatever uh, industrial park or right. construction site or train station. Yeah. It's like it's and it's like it's like so funny because it's it sounds like we're jumping around a lot, but the movie jumps around so much with scenes. Because right after that is that biker scene where the 
it's just like here's a song about tough guys, and here's the yeah, here's the ninja biker gang going to a biker club, going to a, like a biker outing. Everyone's just getting wasted. They're having a good time. Boobs are out everywhere all the time. Teeth are missing. Teeth are missing. There was like some old old biker lady ass being shown. Uh, it wasn't good. Jeff shows up at the biker thing. Cause not on a motorcycle, by the way, in a car. No, him and him and Yoshida are the best of bros. So like he's like, Oh, how's everything going? Yoshida's like, always so concerned. Yoshida's like, No, Jeff says how is it going? Oh, about Yoshida. And Yoshida goes, We don't talk about business. Today we party. Good. And then it's like, but this is like all legit bikers. Like they yeah. went to a bike like a biker bar yeah. in Florida and yeah. was like we're like, Hey, you guys ride your motorcycles around. We're, we're gonna you. film you and then yeah. we're gonna go because it's like biker like chicks and they're just showing their tits everywhere. Yeah, nobody cares. Everyone's nobody signed drunk. off on that either. Probably. No, of course not. And then there's chicks in the bar just with their boobs laying out, and you know, she does like grabbing the one chick and like Yeah, I wonder how that works. He kisses the bartender. Like those pe- women's tits are all over the place and it's just because but too drunk. Who they probably don't even remember being filmed anywhere. No, they don't. Just wasted. Totally out of their minds. Right. Drugs, coke. And then Liquor. during that scene, the guys, uh, they're leaving campus and they're like, oh, let's go, <laughs> go get pizza. Yeah. So, like Mark's like super. Pumped. Well, everybody else got in the <laughs> car and then like Mark's just like, they're having the food conversation where they're going to eat within like 20, like within like five seconds when everybody else is still in the car and Mark's just like outside the car looking at him. And he said, just as you said it, yeah, go like, pizza. Oh yeah. And they just jump and drive away. Are so weird. And then they get followed, and Mark gets jumped. Or not Mark, Tom. When they go in to get the pizza, they all go in to eat. They're gonna sit down and eat pizza. Tom parks the car. Tom parks the car. It's raining, and he's in a convertible. Yeah, and doesn't lift it, the top of. And it's like it's like did probably they, doesn't work. Well, that or like were they trying to ignore that it was raining and just be like, oh, it's still just a normal day. <laughs> Probably that. But it was very obvious that it was, was coming down. And so Tom gets jumped, kidnapped. Yeah, and thrown in the back of a car. And that's why um, when Jane goes to... The club? The club, she or the other, the hideout, like Jeff's hideout. Like, yeah. She's like, where's Tom? But she goes in and goes, where's Tom? Those guys say I the thought silly it was, things. I thought it was a club. She walks through. Yeah. Asks those guys where Tom is, walks around a corner, peeks her head, immediately walks back and is like, I guess he's not here. She's she was just like fuck this. I'm leaving. It was so weird. It wasn't normal. No, <laughs> most scenes in this movie aren't normal. But all of a sudden, like this is the stakes get ramped up because all of a sudden, there's no reaction to Tom getting kidnapped. Well, they just don't show it, man. You don't need to see everything. You know what happened? They're scared. Tom's gone. We have to get Tom. I bet we know who took him, and they go to get him. But last we see Tom, he's beat up and bloodied in this club hideout. Next, you see him. He's strapped to this giant tower. Oh, my God. This half-finished building or this industrial lift of some sort. And the guys go, and they basically, you know, they're out, they're ready to, they're out for blood now. Dragon Sound, you know, they took, have to get their friend. one of our guys. The stakes are raised. And it's, it's funny because it's it's, I feel like in that scene, it's only John, Jim, and Mark. I don't remember Jack being there. He's he not in a lot of the fights. He's not. He's not. Oh, the street ones, and when they're all already all together leaving somewhere, he's there. But I feel like he's not in a lot of the fights. When they talk about money later on, just, we'll talk about what that means. <laughs> but does Jack ever mention he has money? Is he one of the guys? I don't... Is he? I thought it was John... There, he's there. Tom... No, but right. He but doesn't I'm just say saying, anything. My point is that 
maybe he has a legitimate job and he's not giving away his legitimate money for whatever <laughs> these guys are doing. That's why I don't see him is my point. But anyways. Yeah, it could be. And but the, the, the know, ambush happens. Yeah, they have this whole fight and, uh, you know, there's a lot of a, a lot of people start dying here. This is one. Well, you, maybe they did. I don't think they there's a, died. There's a number. There's a guy that gets like fucked up. Like he just gets cut. Oh, he's he, fine. He gets cut so bad that he's dead on that pile of dirt. No, he's just bleeding. Nobody he's, saved him. He's fine. He covered it up and he walked to the Nobody hospital. Nobody saved his life. He that pulled, was a bad. That was bad. He walked over to his the, ent- his head co- was almost cut off. Oh, it was just a little scratch. <laughs> he got. I mean, the tetanus would have killed him later. The infection probably wasn't good, but he's not gonna bleed out. And during the scene, there's like a final showdown between John and Jeff. And- it escalates. A lot of people are hurt. Ping bong. Things are getting knocked around. Shrapnel weapons. But Jeff gets pushed off a scaffold and dies. Jeff dies. He's his head First smacks murder. the ground. He's dead. He's dead. He's cut open. He's bleeding out. The man who pushed him off was dating his sister. Right. Like, okay. Right. He just and then, killed her whole family. So then when Jeff's dead, that's when there's a flashbacks. Yoshido has flashbacks. So that's when Yoshido's like, now we're getting involved. Yeah, fuck this. You killed my best buddy, you Jeff. You killed my friend, Jeff. <laughs> my best bro. And so, but then it cuts to back to the house. And who's coming out of the house with his pants unzipped like usual? Good old Jim. Jim, he's, he's got, you can see his whitey tidies. His jeans are unzipped. No button is and being he, buttoned. And he dresses like this multiple times throughout the, the movie. Yeah, there's a belt in his belt loops just flopping around. No shirt on. And he... But he goes to the mailbox. He goes to the mailbox. And he gets a letter. He pulls out a letter. And you don't, he doesn't read it out loud. No. But he just starts proclaiming, The father! The father! Oh my God! And in less than two seconds, everyone is out the door. Oh, you got mail? What's going on? They just run over. What's up, buddy? I heard him proclaim, oh, my God. And they run out immediately to the mailbox. And he's like, my father. He's alive. (gasps) You found your father? And, like, apparently, like, his father's already flying in. Like, they worked out some deal, I guess. Yeah. They they throw... Everyone's over-talking each other. (laughs) So there's important pieces... We we rewatched the scene twice because it's so absurd. Well, it's so funny. The guy's reaction. <gasps> my father. The guy Jim, his reaction is, is too much to handle. It's like it's like some Academy Award winning like performance right there. It's like he's coming tomorrow. We have to pick him up. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? And then they're like, "How much? We gotta get you a suit. How much money do we yeah, have?" This is where and I was John's talking about money. like, "I have sixty dollars in the bank." Well, somebody says they have two hundred, and then why? Um, Mark goes, I got 50. How much you got? I got 60. And then I'm pretty sure, like I said, um, what's his name? Drummer. Jack. Jack. Keeps his mouth shut if he does. Right. I don't know if he said anything. But so then these guys have $310 together, and that's all the money they have because they asked in the bank, and they go and buy Jim a suit. They spend all their money on a suit for Jim to meet his father. And the whole time he's just like, my father... Yeah, you're gonna my look father. good. You're gonna look good my for your father. Yeah. And for some reason, they lift him up and he's cheering. Oh my god, that is the best! <laughs> it, it goes to slow motion. <laughs> there, these, these. Okay, there is four grown men on their front lawn lifting another man and cheering. <laughs> no one's around. What if you walked out of your house and you just saw this? You're like, oh, it's the dragon sound you know, guys you again. You just turn around and walk back you're inside. Like, nope. Nope. Today's over. <laughs> There's, and it's like it almost reminds me of like 
like something like Rocky or something like that. Like you know, like or in wrestling, like, it's like you won a big like fight. When, like when Mick Foley like won the title and everybody came out and like raised him up on the shoulders and they're bouncing him around. Well, it's like I did it. The only, I did it. The only title Jim won was that of knowing his father. And then so they, it's funny because they go get the suit and then they come back to the house. Why they stop back there, I don't know why, but Tom, Jack, and Jane are hanging out there. That's when Jane, like, confronts John about, well, you think that they're going to come. You don't know what is even being talked about. <laughs> you think that she's going to be, like, a, like pissed off at John about, like, her brother. Like, there could have been a whole, like, thing between, like, I can't believe you killed my brother. There could have been a no. whole extra thing, but it's not. And then, but then she doesn't even talk to John first. She immediately hugs Jim. Which, we, she's it's, like, it's another exceptional display of just stupendous dialogue writing she's like oh jim i heard you found your father he's like yeah she's like i'm so proud i'm so happy for you yeah which is okay you know it's so great and then they're done hugging and it's almost like a moment of like the guy who plays jim Maurice smith he just like didn't know what to say and he goes oh here's john john's here uh, john. john's here and it was like kind of john muttered. is standing right next to him he's like eight feet in tall in front of her he's so tall they've looked at each it's other it's like why did you have to tell her john's here it's because you're it's, just it'd be like if like you're just acting out loud or if they're if like they were outside and he or like they were inside and he's outside like oh you know hey john's out back you no know, he's two feet in front of you you're looking at him already <laughs> oh john's here and then she's like i'm i have this darkness inside you know, I feel dark inside. Yeah, this is but like, like she also really hated her brother, which was established early. So like, and he's like, I just had to do what I had to do. Like I didn't have a choice. And she's like, I understand it's okay, and that's it. Right, resolved. They're okay that she is okay with her brother being dead. John's okay with murdering him. He's a shitty guy. And then on the way, they on the but way. But like, don't you think I don't want to jump? No, I mean, it's, okay. it's okay. I just want to say, don't you think? Because earlier we saw like the train battle. Um, initially that they had um, with the um, promoter, the band guys gang, the cops come and they basically say, well, yeah, gotta get rid of all these gangs. Like, yep. So, like, now there's being murders all over this city. Isn't someone trying to solve these murders? Right. There's just bodies everywhere. What happened? The Shigo's they... gang is cleaning them up. That could be. He could be. The ninjas could do it. That's true. So on the way, they're on. So they, they get back in the car, which is funny. They they walk. They give everybody hugs and give Tom, Jane, and Jack hugs because for, for some reason they don't go with. Yeah, they stay behind. I don't know why those three stay behind. It's interesting. So they stay behind, and you never see them again. But then, as they go to the car, oh, well, never mind. Jim goes back to them, gives them all hugs again, and then gets back in the car. It was really weird. But then they're on their way to see Jim's dad. And they get stopped by who? By the the biker gang, ninja biker gang, Yoshido's gang. So his clan. How did they end up at Yoshido's grounds? Um, they were just fighting in the. I don't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't show. They just showed. Eventually, when you see Yoshido, he's just like on a porch, and like it looks like where they've been already. Either they were that close, or they just didn't care where they filmed the scene. Right. So, but right, they fight on the grounds of like Yoshido's, like the clan, like the ninja or where, clan, like, they whatever. they eventually run off into the woods, the swamps. Yeah. It's like a park. There's drainage and then, swamps, and then they start fighting. Jim gets stabbed with a sword. There's a he gets slashed real he, bad. Well, yeah, and you're like, holy fuck, Jim! He's on his way to go see his dad, which for the first time, and he's dead. 
Yep. And they drag his body over to like the water. Mark does. And, and he's Mark's holding, like freaking he's clutching out. at him. And he's just pulling on him, crying, Jim, and then no. The, this is when John Jim. and Mark like f- go into rage mode. And they start murdering every ninja. Yeah, it's done. Like arms cut off. You know, blood is flying. Blood's flying everywhere. John is covered in blood. He rips his shirt off. He gets a slash to the back. You think he's dead, but no, John's like, fuck this, I'm okay. No, he's got blood, other people's blood all over him. He's running around like a maniac. Once they get a hold of swords, there's, it's game over. There's one ninja who crawls his way back to Yoshido, and he's like, everyone's dead. And then Yoshido stands up, cuts that guy's head off, and laughs. And laughs. He cackles. <laughs> and... It's out of control. And that was originally going to be the end of Yoshido. And the reason before this, like, there was not going to be this extra scene we got. Yeah. The reason we did watch the alternate ending. The director of the movie was not YK Cam. Okay, he produced and wrote the movie. And, and he's like, we need something else. So the other director had already returned to Korea. Oh. And they had that alternate ending we watched. Okay. So YK Kim decided to reshoot the ending and have that fight between Mark and Yoshido added. And then the guy who all who played Yoshido was also gone. So it was like... And I thought I noticed this too when Yoshido died. It's I a, thought it looked like a white dude. Could have been. And it was. It's totally just some random white dude. Just thrown in there. Yeah. Damn. So like, Yoshido and Mark have a fight. And that's when he uses that like knife move. Yeah, the spin around. The spin around knife and move. And stab him in and his stabs chest. him in his stomach. And but like, man, Yoshida's got so many knives. He's got a sword. Right. It's an awesome battle. Yeah. Because like, imagine this movie without this battle is like a waste of time. Right. Because this is the fight you're waiting for. Right. How could you? Even not... though it really, it's a fight you're waiting for, but you don't know why you're waiting for it because the characters have there's no beef other than Jeff. You're only situation. you're well. You're only waiting for it because like they're two main bad guys. Right. Well, one main bad guy, one main good guy, two essential characters. Right. This fight is happening. So, this fight happens, and then it cuts to them driving the car, and Jim is, like, dying in the back. He's not dead yet. He's it's amazing. Yet. He's dying in the back. It's perfect. And then it cuts to, like, another another scene of footage of them, like, running around yeah, it, with it just, swords. You think the movie's over. It's like a flashback to them, or it could be a flash forward. It's yeah. just slow motion sword. They both look like crazed animals. And then it cuts to the hospital, and Jim's dad's there, who is a man, who is a black man that they just put gray in his hair. He looks the same age he, as Jim. He is easily the same age of, as Jim, if not younger. They gave him, like, crazier glasses, like old-time yeah. glasses, big... Yeah. And mm. then you find out that Jim is okay, and Jim comes out and, like, meets his dad... Yeah. And and then he's like, you know, like happy to like see his friends and thing and his dad thanks them for saving his life. And then that's the end of the movie. But Jack you, returns in this part. Jack is there. Jack is there. He but not back. Tom and Jane. No. They're just out. But the original ending had Jim just die. Right. Which when we discussed this beforehand, it's like a it's like a clerk's type deal. Yeah. And or it's any other movie you can think of where like the ending is really depressing. They but do that, a, the thing is, they that, do a test audience and they change it. This movie had no test audience. But, and the thing is, that wasn't even like an alternate. And then it's how they filmed two endings and they picked one. They filmed that ending. That guy, that director left. They were done shooting. Right, and they're like, we don't like the like, no. Nope. Then why? Then why? Kim's like, no, I want to shoot a different ending, and this is the one we're going to use. And it's funny because I'm thinking in my head when the when they're at the hospital with uh, Jim's dad, how do they explain? any of this to Jim's dad. This is the first time that he's meeting any of them. Right. How do they explain this? Man, Jim's dad just has to be like, ah. Uh. He's, he's like, well, I'm just excited to meet my son. 
And like he says, like, I almost lost him for the second time. I'll never do that. Never let that happen again. I love you. And like he puts his hand on Jim and Jim's like real happy because he gets to meet his father. And then in the in the alternate ending where Jim dies, he dies. There's a plane that's coming over. It's the best line. It's the best line. John goes. It's the best line. How do they know? Yeah, it's real good. Jim's dad is on that plane as it goes over them. Now you know. What timing is that? You know how many planes are coming into the Orlando airport? Uh, was it low enough? If that was true, I would just hope it was low enough so that Jim's dad can look out the window and see a car and just like a guy covered in blood. <laughs> He's laughing. And he has no idea it's his and then, dead son. So if they if they had to pick up Jim's dad from the airport, and Jim when in the ending we got the real regular ending where Jim died, where Jim survives, did they stop and pick up his dad from the airport since they were that close? To the I hope he went to the hospital first, and they went back and got him, and he just waited a few extra minutes at the airport. <laughs> but they were so close to the airport, like the all that alternate ending shows us how close they were to the airport. We see the plane land well, on the other side of the They highway. took him to a hospital first. They didn't pick him up, get away from him to check his bags out, and then go to the hospital. They came up in a circle around and wait for the hey, pickup. Hey, this is your son. Yeah, right? It's this on the conveyor belt. This is your son with him to the hospital. He's dying. Hope maybe Jim was able to tough it out, and they walk in this bloody man into the airport terminal, and then he sees then he sees his dad. And he's like, oh, this is your son. He's bleeding out. Look at the suit we bought him. The tie's cut off. He's just covered in blood. It's so insane. But yeah, that, that I mean, I almost wish we had the ending that where Jim dies just for the having the line of like see, Jim's dance on that plane. That's the ending oh, like, I would have expected this movie to give us. It actually gave us like closure. It didn't just cut off. Except really. for you never get to see any of the other characters Who again. Who cares? And I, I just, the ending I wish would have happened is okay. Jim survives. Yeah. We have him in the hospital. Right. And then it cuts to like them performing again. And that, Jim's dad's like in the crowd, like that'd be or on stage or with that. That'd be fun. Or like one more final dragon sound performance. That isn't, would that, be fun. isn't that the ending you really expect? Is one final dragon well, sound? When, when I said dragon force. Dragon sound performance. When you start, yeah, more dragon tunes. Um, when you start with it ending with just Jim dying and the plane flying overhead with his father in it, to give us what we got is great. Because, like, what you want is great, but that would be, like, coming off of the ending we got. They had to redo an ending and keep adding, but I do agree. More, you could have just used old footage. No one would have known. Right. Just play the same stuff. Right. I just feel like one more, like, like, because, like, the, the ending. Showing already, everyone together would have made right. more sense. We missed two characters. The ending's already They happy. probably couldn't come back for those fake scenes they redid. So then right. it was just like, oh, well. They couldn't get Tom and Jane. But they got, which if they didn't have Jack, it'd be less suspicious because like, oh, it's just the guys. Right. But they got Jack. So like, he's at the house. And so like, how, did he get, how did he get to the hospital? They, they pick up Jack no, first. They, went down, to they, the, went, to the they went down to the commissary to get food for Jim. They're in the hospital. We just don't see him. They're there. They're there. It's fine. They stopped off at the at the house to pick up Jack on the way to the, ho- on the, way to the airport and then went to the hospital. Those guys. They made two stops. I just, yeah, because you know, they don't own another car. They all share the same vehicle. They do. The other guys were waiting for Mr. Song to pick him up and drive him there. From his his fast food, his food, his hot dog place. It wasn't a hot dog place. I don't care. They serve food, hot dogs, whatever. Dinner. dinner slop. Dinner place. They had noodles. Sure. They had ramen noodles or something. 
But yeah, that was the connection that happened in Miami and then a lot of it in Orlando, like 99.9% of it. Right. It's just, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie... It's a wild ride. Right. And if you haven't seen this movie, I, I highly recommend seeing this movie. Watch it with friends. If I saw it again, I'd like to watch it with friends and maybe drink a brown drink with some yeah, ice in it. It's a great It's a great watch with friends Throw movie. it on. If no one's seen it, they're confused. You just laugh. It is... It's unbelievable. It's 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 it is. It's unbelievable to watch because you're like, I cannot believe this was made. You know how? But I it's, s- it's but it's in such a great way. That's why when I was in the beginning, I'm joking about like this is a reason like God exists is this movie <clears throat> is because it's like this movie is so amazing and so bad, but at the same, it's like it's but it's like perfect in this weird way. It's like this perfect movie. That's no, not good. No, it's perfect. It is. But it's like, it's this weird, it's like, you're almost like trying to say like, watching it, like it's almost like the room in the sense of like, Tommy Wiseau had this vision. It's a hundred percent. I was going to say it's the, it's an action room, but like they pull off an actually entertaining movie. It's not just grown fest forever. Right. But like whenever you watch clips of the room, I almost, it's, it doesn't, oh, it's it, it doesn't make me laugh. Like I forgot how out of control. The flower shop? I forget how control. Well, he talks so fast. Oh, hi doggy. You're my favorite customer, Johnny. <laughs> too much it's like oh fuck but no this pulls it off in ways not imaginable you know what I mean how could this how could this ever happen again how can you get something this great and this bad but this perfect it's a gem right and 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 movies in the day in the age of YouTube there's not a time anymore where movies are on they're gonna be lost no. Right? You know what I mean? Your movie doesn't do well. Or not that it doesn't do well. It doesn't like you can't find distribution for it. Throw it on Vimeo. Throw it on YouTube. Throw it on Daily Motion. Throw it on, you have a million outlets now. Heck, just upload the fucking file to some sharing network and right. just have it be It'll downloaded. exist and people will see it and it might gain some sort of cult like type it thing. Could. But it it'll probably just be there and but it's like it's like these mysterious movies, you know, of the past. That are they are able to be dug up by these companies like Alamo Draft House and Scream Factory and Arrow Video, and it's just like you know they give you what you need. They, yeah, it's you like, didn't know you needed you, you it didn't until know you, you see needed. it. We didn't know we needed Roar, but when we watched people get wow, mauled by animals, man, violent. It's like whoa, well, well, not. I guess I didn't. Why know would the, you? Why would you construct a narrative around this? People are <laughs> legitimately you're, destroyed. Your own family destroyed. Your real family destroyed. Just massacred. Just blood everywhere. Out of control. Not good. Tiger slipping boats. Not good. Bad stuff. stuff. Not good. So many bad things. So uh, next week on the podcast, I came across a movie that I remember watching the sequel when I was younger, but I don't remember ever seeing the original. And I really don't remember much about this. Oh, what are, you th- what are you throwing out here? So, What's this? Um, we've not, and it, I feel like it's, this is an area. Oh, I'm excited. This is a, an area we've never really explored much. I don't know. What are we going to do to each and other it's, next it's, week? It's the, it's the realm. This is going to get risky. It's the, it's the realm of the, any movies with any of the Corys. Okay, that's true. And we, I can't. I think when Dan was doing the podcast with really way back when, we watched one movie with Corey Feldman, and he's barely in it. Oh, I remember. But that. he was billed as being in it. It's South Beach Academy. I didn't talk a lot, but I remember right, that. Right. Yeah. And uh, but I came across this on Amazon Prime the other day, and I always remember this movie being on HBO or whatever when I was younger. But I don't remember ever watching it. This is a hype train. I'm excited. And it's this stars both Corys. Oh, like, Prime like. Uh, not, I'm going to listen to a Corey talk about Corey's. You're going to listen to a Corey talk oh about Corey's. Oh, my God. 
And this is like, it's like almost like the prime of the Corys, but like just as they're ending, they're like, you know, it's like, it's like the, it's a uh, 89. So that, that train is like kind of. So like someone's going to rip the Cory matrix of leadership out of the Corys. Right. It's like, they're slowly losing their, they're, lo- you know, they're losing their traction. They'll go from Cory Miss Prime to Rod Cory. And I guess we watch Halloween or not Halloween. Um, that movie with Jason. Friday the 13th. And yeah. That Corey Feldman's in it. <laughs> that movie with that Jason but, guy. But this is, uh, yeah, this movie's called dream a little dream. I don't know anything about this. What are you doing to me? I don't know anything about this either. What are you doing to us? I can read you the blurb. On here. I don't want to spend my night with like three Corys. You're going to spend your night with three Corys. Oh my God. Corey Feldman and Corey Haim are both in this. And I think this is like right around the time where Corey, ha- Corey Feldman was hanging out with Michael Jackson a lot. Oh no. And like this is like the, like, this is like the beginning of like Corey Feldman like wanting to be Michael Jackson. Becoming this Because like now man. he pretty much like goes on stage, performs with his band, his angels, who were just in the town over from us. Like a few months ago, missed out. We did miss out. I would have loved to see that. It had to be a train wreck. But he pretty much just acts like <laughs> like Michael Jackson now. It, but this movie, um, I let's just not even read anything about it. I'm not even gonna read anything about it. We're gonna go into a blind. Totally good blind cast. This is surprise. Here's a movie. So dream a little dream. Story Corey Feldman and Corey Haim from 1989. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime video, Amazon Prime is my second favorite Prime. So yeah, there you go. You can you can watch it if you have. Uh, but there's a sequel to this movie, Dream a Little Dream Two, and I remember seeing that for some reason. Because the Weird. reason this came out, the reason I looked up this movie even alone is because I think somebody on Reddit or something posted a trailer for Dream a Little Dream Two. Yeah, and I was like, holy crap! I remember seeing this movie. But, like, I remember seeing this and never seeing the original, but I barely remember what Dream a Little Dream 2 was about. Don't you wish you could just, like, not remember, though? Don't you wish, like, you could just wipe these things from your brain? Why do you have that still in your head? That's just not helpful that you've watched Dream a Little Dream 2. You know what I mean? Like, why, why does your brain even choose to reactivate that circuit? I that also neuron? remember watching a movie with the, both Corys in it, like, in the mid-90s. That was, uh, it was a National Lampoon's movie. Like during the mid '90s, the National Lampoon's would put out like tons of like directed Wouldn't video. Wouldn't stop. And uh, can't one, stop. Won't stop. One was National Lampoon's Last Resort, and it was starred both Corys. I remember that. It was a really bizarre movie as well. But anyways, the, next yeah. week on the podcast, 1989, Dream a Little Dream. I have no idea what this movie's about. Trifecta Corys. That's what you gotta deal with. No, this just makes me not want to come over. Tricory. I don't want to see a Tricory. <laughs> I just want to. Say bye, Corey, and then it's not see three Corys. If I, I'm going to look at you, I'm going to have three Corys in my field of vision. Tricoratops. Oh, well, that's a little cooler, I guess. <laughs> Is that your metal band? Is that your Dino Punk band? Yes, yeah, that's my Dino Punk. Uh, Tricoratops. Ripoff band. Tricoratops, and then whoever else is in the band. It's got to be you and three other guy, two other guys, and they're all named Corey. Yeah, I'll get Corey Feldman. It's not going to. All right. I mean, come on. That's ambitious. You're right. He's not. I mean, no, he, right. I'll, I'll just like. I'll take people from his band. We gotta find a third Corey though. Try Corey Tops. What the fuck? Now that's a thing that now that's a neuron in my head. That's in there forever now. Yep. Just like Dream a Little Dream Two is in my head, and just like next week on the podcast, Dream a Little Dream will be in your head. So come back next week for more of the best of the worst. It's the best of the worst.
Fakakta Comedy Funhouse Network. Ha 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 